up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Are we ready? When is the last time you did an interview? Oh my God, not ever face-to-face. I don't think I've ever done an interview face-to-face. Okay, well, let's start. Emma Chamberlain. Hi, Alex Coopy. Welcome to Call Her Daddy. <laughs> Coopy, oh my God, we're on like um, nickname terms. Emma, yeah. welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you so much. So my first question for you is you don't do interviews. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> okay, well, number one, <laughs> Alex. Yes. I'm a big fan. Like I've, I've been a big fan of you forever. Oh. I don't know how, like I wish I knew my discovery story of you. The clock. It, honestly no, you're like don't don't drag me like that. I did let me tell you like <laughs> I I found you when things were very sexual yeah and I learned a lot wow yeah. that makes me so happy yeah so like that's how I found you I think I I was really just like looking for advice on how to be crazy but then like in turn I fell in love with you so we're just this is a big love fest it's such we're a love story we're about to just story. talk about how we're in love with each other I Hold know on. this episode is presented by sparkling ice turn up summer with sparkling ice they have over 17 anything but subtle flavors all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants iced tea and lemonade strawberry watermelon tropical punch peach nectarine yum crank up the flavor sparkling ice anything but subtle this episode is brought to you by better help daddy gang I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself and it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. It didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message quickly to give people context that are listening of our story I was thinking about this the other day so Emma and I have um we're like represented by the same agency and this was like right when I started the show like the single father era of taking the show on by myself and I was starting to have guests on and I remember my agent was like 
do you want to meet with Emma Chamberlain? And I'm like, absolutely. Sure. We get on Zoom (laughs) and we Zoom for like an hour and a half and we wouldn't shut the fuck up. And we won't talk about what we were talking about because it was like everything. Our publicist just kept being like, this is off the record. This is off the record. This is off the record. Emma, don't tell her that. I'm like, I'm not going to go say anything. But so we just start talking. But it was a weird moment because I think my brand was still very sexual. Yeah. So we said we were going to potentially have like a collaboration. You were going to come on. It never ended up happening. It just wasn't the right time. Then the next time we saw each other was New York Fashion Week. I, I think that that's what really, like, I was like, I don't even care what we yeah. talk about. Like, I need to do this. Because we just clicked so well. Yeah. And we just, like, talked about so much random shit. And, like, we just clicked so well. Yeah, we were. It, it was kind of funny because we were, to give people, again, context, it was, like, a 10-person dinner party. And yeah. Emma and I are in the corner while I was eating bread, you weren't because you were about to go to the Met Gala. I'm like getting a facial done and getting my toes done while I'm at the table. And we just were talking by ourselves the entire time. It was just about like life and the industry and how it's affected us. And it was like, I think that was when we're like, maybe we are eventually now ready to sit down and just converse because both of our brands have evolved. Absolutely. And it's time. Well, I think it was one of those things where, you know, I have been on the internet for so long that people know me as a teenager Yes, and I'm 20. I'm about to be 21, which is still literally like a child. Like I still am like prepubescent. Like I know I'm 21, but whatever, or almost 21. But I've been really trying to grow uh, like in the public eye in a way because I'm, I, I can't stay a teenager in everybody's mind forever. But I think I needed to do some of that work on my own before I came on here and was like, let's talk about big girl stuff. <laughs> You're like, so the Gluck Gluck. And I'm like, so the Emma. The first time I tried the Gluck Gluck was <laughs> a, a year ago. And you guys won't believe what happened. <laughs> An impeccable result. No, impeccable. it's true. It, I almost is, got married six times. <laughs> no, that is helpful to hear you say. And we're going to get into that, like the evolution of you and then the evolution also of your brand. Because those are two different things. And yeah. I think as creators, like... In a great way, I think people have started to kind of peel back the layer and show people on the internet like what it is like to have an online persona versus like what is actually who you are versus that persona. Absolutely. So here we go. Just like I usually do in every Caller Daddy episode, we're going all the way back. Okay. All the way back. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in San Bruno, California, which is actually where YouTube headquarters is, which is ironic, a little bit of foreshadowing. I grew up with my parents. I was an only child. And when I was five, we're like already getting into my trauma. No, um, when I was five, my parents got divorced and my mom moved like 20 minutes away from my dad. And that was actually not a super bad experience because I was so young that I just didn't really know any better. I was definitely a really bored kid because I was an only child. And like my parents were both like fully working parents. And so I had a lot of time by myself And I was very bored a lot of the time, which I think is good. In retrospect, I think it was good because it made me a lot more curious, I would say, because I didn't have a lot of distractions. You know, it's the Silicon Valley. It's a big tech area. And a lot of kids there are super smart. And there's this crazy pressure to go to a really good college, especially Stanford is like, you know, the big school there that everybody tries to go to. And there's also a lot of wealthy families, too. And, like, so a lot of people assume that 
if you live there, you're wealthy. But that was not the case for me and my family at all. But a lot of people there are very wealthy. There's like a very big gap, I would say, between it's like very, very, very wealthy and then like very like lower middle class and like definitely an in-between for sure, but not as much an in-between. It felt like there was a very stark difference. But I, I've, you know, my dad's an artist. So, like, I felt more on the, you know, lower middle class side of it, which was tough. But. Yeah, did you feel like your family like didn't fit in? For sure. We're living in a one bedroom apartment and all my friends at school are living in these massive mansions. It was tough socially, I would say. I didn't want to have people over. That's for sure. <laughs> so your parents are in some of your content. Yeah. They seem very chill. How do you describe your parents? So we'll start with my dad. My dad is very open-minded and creative, but also very wise. Dad, this is, you know, this boy's the love of my life. And he's like, Emma, that dude's a, the, that's the worst dude I've ever met. Like he's. You're he, like, really? I'm like, dad, what the fuck? <laughs> no. Like he's incredible, um, dad. I'm like, but he's so hot, dad. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but he like. He's very open-minded and very sweet and very, like, creative and, you know, not super controlling or or super pushy or anything like that. But he also is opinionated because he has a lot of knowledge and wisdom about things. So he's not sweet and, and creative in the way that makes him a pushover. He'll tell me what he thinks. But he also gives me the freedom to, like, make the mistakes. And he's always done that. So, and he never judges me. But a very, very cool man. The coolest person I know. I mean, he, like, paints paintings and surfs every day. And, like, that's his job is painting paintings and selling them. And, like, started making YouTube videos before I did. Like, he's very cool, right? My mom is... How do I describe my mom? She's... Like one of the girls, you know what I mean? She's very lovable. I tell her everything, like everything. And I have no hesitation. Like she knows everything I've ever done in my whole life. Got it. Um, So I'm very, very close with her. But we're we're more like sisters, I would say. Like, you know, we used to butt heads a lot when I was growing up. And, you know, because she's picky. She's very like, likes to keep the house clean and like set things folded a certain way. And she's very particular about things like that. Very meticulous woman about everything that she does, which is a very admirable quality. But when you're growing up and you know, you don't know how to fold a blanket properly, like it can cause some problems. Absolutely. But no, we, at the end of the day, we're very close. And even when we do fight like literal sisters, like she's always there. Yeah. I am really lucky that, you know, my parents, have always been very not like traditional parents. Like they're very sibling like. Okay. And I think it's because they didn't even consider themselves to be the type to be parents ever. And so they had me because they wanted to, but they were like, we don't fit the parent mold. So we're just going to do it in our own way. And it's been great. I know you said, like, it, you didn't know any different, but do you, now looking back, like, how did your parents' divorce affect you? Well, you know, I think in one, in one way, and this is no one's fault, right? Like, I'm grateful for their divorce. And I'll say that before I, like, go in and, you know, it was, number one, what was best for them mm-hmm. and for their happiness. Number two, like, I never saw them fight. I never saw them argue, they divorced before it could ever become traumatizing in that way for me. And that's 
really mature and also they're still friends and they talk all the time I mean I'm really lucky in that way too like they get along great like they talk all the time and and they're so supportive of one another so it's not been a negative thing in that way but I will say that for one not having a relationship to look up to when you're growing up does become a little bit jarring when you're older and you're like, okay, I'm in my first relationship. What is this supposed to look like? I don't know. I've never seen it. Did you wish you had had siblings? You know, no. Because again, like my relationship with my parents was so close because it wasn't, there was nothing in the way of it, right? Like each parent was not in the way of my relationship with the other parent. And also I didn't have a sibling in the way of my relationship with my parents. And listen, I think it could have been really fun to have a sibling. I don't know. I'll never know. Right. right. But I liked the friendship I was able to develop with my parents in the closeness. And I don't think I would have had that if I had a sibling. What do you remember about signing up for your first social media account? I had two older cousins. Well, I have two older cousins. They're three years older than me. And they were like my idols, you know, growing up. And they got Snapchat. And they're like, Emma, babe, it's time to download Snapchat on the iPod Touch. And I was like, you got it, girls. (laughs) Let's go. And so I downloaded Snapchat. And, you know, we would just send each other silly stuff back and forth. Um, Pretty soon after that, Instagram came out. And I was like, all right, here we go. So I downloaded that, too. I think my cousins told me to download that, too. And my first post was a picture of a mini bag of Cheez-Its with, like, some crazy-ass filter on top of it. And I think my caption was something like crunchy, yum. Like what the fuck? Thinking back to like the first like couple, like the first year of Instagram, we would have like borders on our photos and like disgusting filters. I know. Yes, you would take a picture of like your shoe or like like, an extension cord and be like life's long. And then you're like, what am I saying? It was dumb shit. So weird. Like I would, I would do anything to be able to find my old Instagram. I don't know if I would. <laughs> no, I would. I'm like traumatized. I'm like, what the fuck was I posting? Because I was like a little older and I was like trying to be cool okay. like, with the cute selfies. Yeah. And those were not cute selfies. Those were scary and spooky. What did your did your parents have any rules or guidelines when you like first started on Snapchat and Instagram? Or did they just kind of let you do whatever you wanted? Honestly, they didn't care. Okay. Like really just never brought it up. Like, they didn't care. Because were you getting in trouble as a kid? Like, were you a good kid or? I was a really good kid. I had, because of my anxiety as a kid, I think I had a really strong conscience, which is good. You know what I mean? I never did anything bad without my parents finding out about it 24 hours later. Got it. So they knew that I would tell them. Like, if I did something wrong, my conscience would force me to report it back to them got it I don't know what that stems from I don't know why that is but I was very transparent with them and so when it came to things like social media they were like she's not gonna she's not she's she's just not a bad kid like she's just not gonna do bad shit on there and and I didn't because I just didn't even know how to do bad stuff I'm like I, I like didn't know what bad stuff was right um, I did have a kick that just reminded me I had a kick that I used for 
like just kids at school messaging kids at school i forgot and then i would get like dick pics and kick and then i got super scared like so was that the first time you saw a penis yeah terrifying oh i was so fucking i was like i don't actually think i am sexually attracted to anything (laughs) you're like i "I do i do not know what i like but i don't like that i don't like that and so like who knows what's next isn't that so sad that like it when you if you get a dick pic and that's the first penis you see like you're like not attracted to it like no. i was terrified it makes you scared i was scared of penises until probably like i was 16 okay like seriously like i was like i think not normal. scared of them but i was like that is such a foreign like it was so alien to me yeah because i didn't have siblings so it's not like i had a little brother where like I like saw him growing up and like I saw right. a boy like exist. I didn't have a lot of guy friends. Like, so uh, to me, like a penis, I was like, I, <laughs> I can't, I don't know what that is. Like, it right. scared me. Everybody that listens to my show knows that I was obsessed with Hannah Montana growing up. Same. Like, okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, I'm like, who were you idolizing and watching when you were growing up that you were obsessed with? Well, I have to give a few G- from it, the years. Give it. Okay. My first YouTube obsession was Fred. Do you remember Fred? Oh, my iconic. Iconic. I completely forgot about that. Well, I, like, got on YouTube super young, too, because, like, you know, my dad was into YouTube. He was posting singing covers on YouTube when it first came out. And so he found out about it and was like, Emma, this is great. And we didn't have cable. So he's like, here you go, little one. You know, you don't get cable, but you do get this, babe enjoy it's a pretty good trade no it was great i loved it so i got super into youtube super young loved fred then as i grew a little bit older <laughs> it was jonas brothers for me in I hannah thought. montana which one was your favorite it kind of teetered between nick and joe sorry kevin <laughs> honestly kevin's, kevin's kevin's coming back no kevin <laughs> he's a fucking angel he deserved he deserved more he did he did have you ever met them I met I've met Joe I went to the Hannah Montana concert where it was like half Hannah Montana half the Miley show and I remember the Jonas Brothers opened for them and I remember my dad being like I promise you in like a year everyone's gonna be obsessed with these guys and I was like no and then I was obsessed in a year I was like I love them and then when like Nick had the diabetes thing we were all like devastated and everyone was obsessed and it was like we were like we will do anything anything, to save him like it was so uh, dramatic no I know okay so you had Jonas Brothers you liked Miley I loved Hannah Montana Miley all of that um (laughs) okay I have to bring this up because it's so fucking funny okay um but like when I was like 12, 13 and Vine came out, I was a huge MagCon girl. Okay. That's okay. No, it hurts. Wait, it why? Hurts. Explain. To like, why the- does it hurt? Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's explain this for people who don't know what MagCon is. Basically, there was a group of really hot... Well, okay, it's creepy to say that they're hot now that I'm 20. No, it's okay. But, but like at the time, I yes. thought that they were the hottest guys I'd ever seen. They were on Vine doing absolutely nothing of substance. Right. Right. Which is fine. You totally. know, like that's not their fault. Right. Um, it's like TikTok. Right. It's exactly like TikTok. It's basically, it was like a group of like really good looking kids that were on Vine that were famous and they would like go on tours and do meet and greets and like meet all their young girl fans and like, you know, do weird shit on stage that made no sense. Cause they really, if you think about it, didn't necessarily have some sort of talent mm-hmm. except for actually Sean Mendez was in MadCon and he is like now Sean Mendez. So like it worked out for some of them. Uh, it was like then. Cameron Dallas and like Nash Greer. You know what I mean? I remember that. Yes. I was obsessed with them like I 
and they had YouTube channels and I would rewatch their videos like every night before bed and I was like <sighs> one day like I'll meet a MagCon boy and I'll be able to just date one of them and they'll fall in love with me and like I was I I've think that's how been, a lot of people felt though oh for sure yeah but I will say that it like my crushes as a young person were all consuming like they were not like cute little mini crushes like, like I was obsessed fiending for that I was fiending I don't it was weird like in retrospect I don't it's so out of character right like people would not assume that of me but I've always been somebody that like when I have a crush on someone, I'm not creepy I don't like stalk anybody but it is all consuming for me I get that because then you go spiral down like you watch every YouTube video and you watch every single possible thing that you consume of them like interviews and everything everything and then you're invested in their life yeah and they don't even know who you are no well now they probably do (laughs) um let's talk high school yeah you go to a private school yeah I've seen the videos you're you're wearing a plaid skirt sort of plaid it was it was I don't even fucking want to think about it I describe your high school so I had an interesting experience uh with high school because basically I was a really academically driven student. Okay. And so I was obsessed with the idea of going to a super prestigious college and I was willing to do anything to get there. And so when it came time to choose what high school I was going to go to, the public schools in my area were not great. And I wanted to go to that. I wanted to go to a braggy you know, super prestigious, like, you know, impressive school. And I was like, I can't get that if I go to these public schools. So I was like, mom and dad, I want to go to a private school. And I went and I toured this all girls Catholic school that had a really great education. And I was like, you know, this could actually be good. I really liked the environment when I toured the school and I was able to get financial aid so that I could financially go there because I would not have been able to afford it otherwise. And so there I went. I went to all girls Catholic school um, and I hated it after the first year. And I was like, I made a big fucking mistake and I haven't seen a boy in a long time. And You're I like, now those dick pics on kick. Suddenly are not- I'm trying to fucking yeah. hack back into my kick to see those dick pics. I'm like, Guys, anything. Um, <laughs> when you. So when you started high school, that's interesting to know, you did have college goals. Oh, yeah. Where did you want to go? I, my dream school was Columbia, mm-hmm. which was, like, not going to fucking happen. But, like, you know, actually, I mean, yeah. I was a good student. Like, I don't know how I was a good student. Okay, why? But I, like, just knew how to do school for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got really good grades, like, always above a 4.0 every year. Listen, I don't fucking know how it's possible. Kate's flex. I was like really just, and I don't think that school is a great measure of intelligence. I'll be the first one to say it Um, because I'm a fucking idiot in a lot of areas. So like whatever, but I was good at school. So I was like, I'm going to use this and, you know, I wanted to go into the medical field. Like I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. Wow. But like on what basis? One time I had anesthesia. When I had a surgery and the anesthesiologist, I see, I can't even fucking pronounce the word of the, it's okay. No, it's, you sounds good. That whatever. Sounds good. sounds good enough. Yeah, it is. I dropped out of high school, so it's fine that I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't finish my education, so you can't expect too much from me. Like I got a surgery once and was like, oh, this job seems chill. 
And then I looked up how much they make a year, and I was like, oh, this job's super chill. Yeah, this is a this. good. This is a good chill. I'm like, vibe. you have to go to school for like eleven years, but like, eventually it. you'll get that check. Why not? When did you have your first kiss? Like, if you're not with boys, like, when did you have your first kiss? I had my first kiss freshman year on New Year's Eve. That's kind of cute. No. Oh. <laughs> it was not cute. No. Actually, you know, in retrospect, it was fine. Like, it could have been a lot worse. Okay. But it was pretty bad. I How mean, did you meet the guy then if you were at an all-girl school? Basically, the all-girls school had a corresponding all-boys school. Yep. Right? Classic. And so we would kind of party with the boys from the all-boys school. And they had friends that they knew from middle school that were at other, like, co-ed schools. And then we knew other girls that went to other co-ed schools. So it kind of all, like, congealed. But I think that the thing that made it possible for the boys and girls to be together was the fact that both boy and girl schools were desperate for each other. Got it. Oops, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, there was like a distinct, like, okay, this is the corresponding boy school. So it was like, we didn't see each other every day, but at football games, we'd see each other and prom and things like that. Anyway, I actually ended up kissing a guy from like a school that was probably 30 minutes away. Um, that like came to a new year's party that we were throwing right. like the two schools and it was extremely set up. Mm, those are the worst. You know, it was like, Oh, he's outside waiting now. <gasps> okay. But you <laughs> also have to like, so can we paint a picture? Like I was a super late bloomer. I mean, I had like no boobs. Like I looked really young. Like it was like, I looked super young. Yeah. I always have. I even now look kind of young. A lot of people think I look young now. So I felt super – also, I never felt, like, mature enough for, like, this type of behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mentally I felt mature enough. But physically I didn't. I felt like I didn't fit the super feminine mold, right, where you, like, have, like, boobs and, like, you know, you wear, like, a low top and, like, whatever. I could not participate in that. So I felt so uncomfortable when it was time to do anything with boys because I was like I want to and like I mentally feel ready but outwardly I don't feel like I look ready yeah and I feel insecure of my appearance even though I know that in my brain like I'm ready and that I like love boys and in fact am like quite obsessed with boys like but I didn't feel like I looked that way what were you most insecure about appearance wise? I was super insecure about my boobs. Okay. Because which now I'm like, I love having small boobs. Like it's the best thing ever. Like I don't care. But you know, when I was younger, I like didn't have any boobs. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, they're no, they flat. And you know, guys in middle school used to give me a hard fucking time so mean, about that. So mean. Like calling me, you know, like a door, yeah, like oh, whatever, same. like shit like that. And um, which is fine. Like whatever. I'm friends with those kids now. Like I forgive. Okay. Um, but you know, it's good to it's good to be forgiving. But I also like didn't get my period until I was 16. And I felt like I wasn't a woman without it, you know? I was right. like This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Something that really grinds my gears is 
I somehow will find myself just subscribing to things, right? And then all of a sudden, I see I have been paying this subscription service and I don't even use it because I just forgot to cancel it. Rocket Money can help you cancel a subscription that would otherwise be more time consuming and also you probably forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see anything I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddy. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Rocketmoney.com slash daddy. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally the squad. We're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. Daddy gang, nobody likes Mondays. Am I right? (laughs) We're all sobbing. We're all sobbing and we're barely getting out of bed on a Monday. But Monday Hair Care is here to flip the script with its award-winning formulas. No more bad hair days. Daddy gang, Monday Hair Care is turning Mondays into a reason to celebrate good hair, which I love, thank God, with seven new products like a leave-in conditioner, dry shampoo, a curl line, and body wash. And Daddy Gang, every single thing is under $10. Yes. And the smell is to die for. Okay. I want my hair smelling like something that Matt wants to be engulfed in. I want him to come out to me and go, oh my God, you smell amazing. Oh my God, what is that in your hair? So Daddy Gang, reclaim the week with Monday at all leading retailers. Visit mondayhaircare.com to find a stockist near you. You start making videos at one point in high school. Yes. And when I was growing up, I was familiar with having a camera in my face because my dad is in the tv industry yes and so every single christmas or birthday there's cameras everywhere in my house and so naturally i knew i was the star and i know that's cringe (laughs) no it's not cringe though and i was like dad cue the cam here i am meant to be (laughs) right here (laughs) what do you remember about your early performances on a camera well i was always really obsessed with youtube because as i mentioned earlier i didn't have cable and so i watched a lot of youtube and when I was like in fifth grade, I tried to make a YouTube video on my iPad. I wish we could watch it. I wish we could watch it so bad. I need to find that iPad because it has so much good shit on it. But my my cousins and I were constant, like we were constantly making little videos during family vacations, during, you know, holidays, like whatever, constantly making little videos. Like there were these iMovie trailer templates yes. that you could use so you could make like a movie trailer but iMovie provided the template so all you had to do is like film little things and then they Drop would plug it in. it in for you and so we would do those all the time so I was familiar and comfortable in that sense where you know 
my cousins and I were always obsessed. There is a big difference between recording something mm-hmm. and then pressing upload on that Ew. shit. Yeah. Like you got to have balls to press upload. For sure. What compelled you to press upload on your first YouTube video? Well, my first YouTube video ever, I was in fifth grade and I was like, I don't care. I I didn't even want to like be famous. Like I never thought I could like get any like recognition from it. I to this day, I, I, I've always, like, looked at fame as an impossible thing. So I was like, I'm not going to become famous from this. Right. But I was like, even just, like, a few people commenting will make me feel good. Post. And then, of course, like, nothing happened. And then I deleted it, like, a week later. That was my very first one. But then, the, you know, when I was 16 and I uploaded, I honestly just, I was in such a shitty spot that I was like, I have nothing to lose. Like, I'm so depressed. I'm so unhappy. I, like... I want to do something that makes me feel good. And YouTube has always made me feel good. So I'm I'm just going to post on there. Did know? anyone from your high school, when they saw that, make fun of you or, like, say anything mean? Behind my back, yes, but never to my face. And I heard about people saying shit behind my back. But it's like... Like, what were they saying? They were just like, does she really think anything's going to come of that? Which is... <laughs> you know what? No, listen. Fair enough. Like, if I would have seen someone from my high school posting on YouTube I number one I would have said the same thing about them I would have been like really like what's gonna come on you guys like it's not easy but on the other hand I was even saying that to myself it wasn't like people were it wasn't like I was posting YouTube videos being like I'm gonna make it big one day you know I was posting videos like this is just a hobby for me and like even if I just get a hundred subscribers like that's fun like I just a little community and also I enjoy making the videos I enjoy the process of it so what happened after I pressed upload it was more just like well at least it lives somewhere when did you go viral so about about like two or three months after I started that's crazy uh, it was you know in in it was crazy but I also think that a big reason for that was I was uploading every fucking day like I was uploading every single day during the summer and by the end of the summer I had like something like 50 videos and so I had such a collection already that it was easy it didn't take as long because I was grinding I mean every day I was like I need to make a video every day and then I ended up cutting it down and I was like three days a week and then I cut it down two days a week and then I cut it down one day a week but it was like in the beginning I started and I was like I just want to get as good at this as I can as quickly as fucking possible. And then when that one video did really well, Which I was one? like, it was this video where I went to the dollar store and I bought a bunch of like random shit and did like a fake haul. Like I was kind of like kidding around doing a haul. And I was really proud of the video. And it like after two weeks, it had like half a million views or something. Or maybe it was like it had a hundred thousand views after like. Yeah. And like, what it, when that was happening, what were you doing? Like, were you telling your parents? What were you? Out? My parents, my dad was like super interested. He was like, I think you could really do something with this, actually. And I was like, OK, I okay. don't. But thanks, dad. I was like, dad. Like, that is like one in a trillion. Like, why are we? Why are we? Let's not go there because I'm just going to get disappointed. You know, but he was like, I don't know. And I like, I think if you really get good at this, like something could come of it. When all of a sudden, like so many people are watching. You're like, I actually cannot comprehend this number of people. I can't comprehend 
the fact that all of a sudden now I'm making money. You know, I can't comprehend any part of this. So I'm just going to go robot mode and like just like, I, you know, you stop at a certain point, you stop processing it. It's it's a really weird thing to try to explain, too, because it's not like you're a singer where you're like filling a stadium for a concert. So you're like making these things and pressing upload and then going to bed. And like, yeah. yet it's crazy to see that number, but it still doesn't fully register that like, whoa, like half a million yes. people just watched that video. Yeah, it feels it's like strange. a different metric in your brain. Yeah, like it's like you're looking at it in a different you're not looking at it as real people. But you're also not looking at it as just a number. There's this like weird in-between way that your brain processes it. Yeah. But it's it's kind of, I think I knew subconsciously that if I looked into it too deeply and I thought about it too deeply that I'd psych myself out, fuck myself over and ruin the whole thing. So I was like, I'm not going to think. I'm just going to just tunnel vision, keep going. And like I did that up until probably the last three months when and it has been really uncomfortable when when you really like wake up and realize like oh shit this is the situation it's like I finally turned off my tunnel vision and it felt like everything was like that had been building for four years was now right in front of me and I never looked at it you know what I mean yes and we're gonna get into that because yes but first yes why did you drop out of high school? So the summer of sophomore year, I started my YouTube channel because I was depressed. And I was like, I, my dad was like, you need a hobby. I said, okay. So I started my channel. And by the end of the summer, you know, I was making money. And I was like, and I've never made money, you know. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is actually pretty serious, you know. And I was loving it. And People at school were like respecting me because I had they weren't being an asshole anymore. Some people still were, but you know, people were like excited for me and I was excited and junior year I was like, okay, I this is the year I take hard classes. So I was taking like three AP classes. And long story short, it just was so I couldn't do schoolwork and YouTube but I was like obviously schoolwork is more important so I was like okay I'll just drop some of my classes and take easier classes but then YouTube kept building and I was like I already took all the like I'm just taking added shit to help me for college and I started questioning okay am I even going to go to college anyway now that this YouTube thing is going the way that it is I'm making an income now I can support myself now all of a sudden by the end of the summer I was like I actually could support myself I don't It changed everything and I was like, I don't think I need to be working this hard because I don't think I'm actually going to college anymore. I might try to ride this out and then when this doesn't work out anymore, then I can go to college. Even if I'm like 30, like who gives a fuck, you know? And so I took one of those standardized tests and just left school. Like I kept basically dropping classes more and more until it got to a point where I was like, I just don't need to be here because I'm not, I'm number one, I'm not learning anything that is necessary. It was all stuff that was only really necessary for college. I had already taken all of the classes that I needed to that were like normal high school level. I was just doing added shit. What's the point of that? I was like, this is stupid. So I was out of there. How did you tell your parents and how did they react? Honestly, it was kind of their idea. 
<laughs> it was kind of like it was not just my idea. I wasn't like, mom and dad, like I want to leave school. They were like, you're so miserable in school. You know, well, actually, at first we were thinking about homeschooling me. Interesting. So actually, that was the first idea. They were like, you. This is not this structure is not working. Right. And so we toyed around with the idea of homeschooling me. But then after doing more research, uh, we were like, okay, actually, just let's just cut it. Cut it. Because, and, and I, you know, I know that I, I don't recommend people drop out of school. And I think that my situation was very unique um, because I was fortunate enough to get all of my, like, general high school education out of the way in the first two right. years. And that's a really, like, again, like, it would have been irresponsible to leave if that had not been completed. And I, and I always, I actually have never said that out loud. I don't think, but I, I know it's kind of fun to be reckless and be like, I dropped out of school. Like, fuck that. But it was, it wasn't this super irrational, super irresponsible. I could have gone straight to college from that point that I was at. Got it. You know? So like, I didn't need to, it, it wasn't fucking me over. I completed my high school credits. Okay. Like I was done. You know what I'm saying? So how did your friends react when you told them? Like, were you close with a lot of people in high school? Did you have a lot of friends? The first uh, year and a half of high school, yes. But towards the end, no. I only really had one friend. And even, and she like knew everything about, like she knew about how school was like affecting me negatively and how, I just was depressed. So like I couldn't be social, you know, right. and I couldn't deal with the ebbs and flows of friendship. I just didn't have that in my, in me. And so she understood that. And she was kind of kept up to date on like how things were evolving. But she, you know, she was like, she had other friends. Like yeah. she was, so she was just like, peace, you know, and everybody was just kind of like, peace. I really just disappeared one day, honestly. If you could change one thing about that time in your life, what would it be? Nothing. I I really, you know, I have a lot of moments in my life that I look back at and cringe at. And I have a lot of moments that I regret. Like, for sure. And not regret. That's actually completely the wrong word. I have a lot of moments that I'm like, damn, I would do that so differently now. But I refuse to ever even think about how I would change things. Because every bad experience has just made me me do you have you ever been had one of those moments like a little jealous of that like classic college experience you see on tiktok people are at the frat parties do you yes. ever be like okay yes what so you do is it more about like the social aspect that you kind of wish you could partake in i think the thing that i sometimes get a little bit upset about is like how quickly i had to grow up and it sounds so again like just so like Emma, shut the fuck up. But I don't think I realized when I left school and immediately started working how there's no leeway for me anymore. You know what I mean? There was no room for being a kid anymore. Like, it was like, okay, no, you have to get your fucking act together because yeah. you're, you're saying – you know, that you can make a living on your own and that you're going to make this shit work right. and that you're going to make it last and that 
you know, moving to L.A. is a good idea and that being friends with other, you know, YouTubers is a good idea. And, you know, having to do your own laundry and do your own dishes and cook for yourself and taxes. Like there's so many facets of it that you're like, oh, shit, you know. I didn't realize that this came with this, you know, right. by quitting school and by just going straight into being technically self-employed. I was also saying that I could handle all those other things. My parents were very helpful with the technical stuff, but emotionally, you know, you, there's no way to prepare college is basically four years of you to be able to fake act like an adult yeah you don't really have much responsibility but you are on your own and for you it was like oh wait no you actually do have responsibility because if yeah. you don't keep uploading like you don't have a job right. and you didn't apply to college so like right. where are we going at 16 years old you become famous on the internet how did people start treating you differently I would say at first not much changed it was really interesting because yes I had a following on the internet that if you look at it you know like a hundred thousand subscribers that's a fuck ton of subscribers right but in the grand scheme of the world people didn't really they're like eh we'll see you at a million like you know this is yeah whatever my family was very skeptical like my my outer family they were kind of like what is going on (laughs) you know and so they didn't treat me any different, but they were definitely just like curious. A lot of people were really curious, but I didn't really have any friends. So I didn't have any friends reacting to like what was happening to me. When you say you didn't have any friends, did you feel lonely? <sighs> yes, but I really wanted once I started to, you know, turn YouTube into my job, I started to feel like I couldn't really relate to kids in my high school as well. And so I was like, you know, I would still hang out with those kids and we would have fun. And like, that was fine, but there was a disconnect. And so I started looking to find people that were in this space that could be friends with me. And sense. and I ended up finding those friends and that was really awesome. So like, and we didn't live near each other, but I made quite a bit of friends on the internet that were doing the same thing. And it was nice because there was a mutual understanding and also there was no weirdness. There was yeah. no questions about it. There was just like a unspoken understanding that was very special at the time. There's always the moment when you start getting recognized in public. Yeah. When do you remember like the first time you got recognized? So I go to Maine every summer with my family on vacation and I had like 6,000 subscribers when I went the summer of sophomore year like 6,000 subscribers, okay? Which to me was like, oh my God, fuck all y'all. I'm popping I'm, off. I'm popping <laughs> off. Y'all don't know me anymore. I'm different now. No, but um, so I'm I'm on vacation in Maine and this girl comes up to me and like asks me for a photo. Now I had 6,000 subscribers. I thought that this was a real interaction. My grandma set that up. No! You're like, oh my God, you guys, I just got asked for a picture. Your grandma. I'm already getting a big fucking head, grandma. Do not play with me like this. Holy shit. No, but um, it was it was sweet. It was sweet. That's actually so cute. It was hilarious. So eventually, though, you did start to gain attention. How did you handle initially getting noticed in public and like the attention? At first, I've actually gone through phases with it. Like, 
in the very beginning I was stoked and I was like so I was like this is so awesome like it was you know my dream was coming true right it was so fucking cool and it was and then you know I've gone through ebbs and flows where it's made me a little anxious because I, if I'm not in a good spot, like I'll get anxious about not being in a good spot mentally. And I'm like, is this showing? Like, I don't want, I started getting anxiety about giving these people like the best experience they could possibly have meeting me. And then that kind of got into my head, but I didn't have that thought in the very beginning. So that came into play later. It feels like no one hates you. And I'm going to take notes right now because (laughs) I'm a little bit more polarizing. Why do you think you're so lovable? I don't feel that I am. And I think that. Really? uh, I mean, I've gone through the ringer. Really? In what way? Well, so there was like, there's been chunks of time throughout my experience on the internet where I've been like widely disliked, you know, whether people thought I was annoying or people like, or like it's interesting like there's just been periods of time when people have just not liked me and the general conversation around me has been negative the thing that's really interesting about it is that I noticed this just from talking to other people in this space a lot of people they're so hyper focused on themselves as they should be we're human right? right um so like I perceive you and I'm like you're nobody fucking hates you right but see you because I'm not seeing people giving you shit right Whereas, like, you're not seeing people give me shit. Everybody gets shit. And so everybody, their own perception of their own career and, like, general likeness is not right. Right? Yeah. It's skewed in a in a negative direction for everybody individually. I look at any other personality on the internet, and unless they're, like, genuinely yeah, just a bad fucking person and everyone knows it, unless that's what's going on, generally like nobody's gonna see it except for you yeah like it's almost like you everyone ebbs and flows with hate and love yeah if you're putting content out there yeah and also everyone's memory is so short on shit if people don't give a fuck no they act like they do because it's fun to like get together in a group and be like let's cancel this person but then in a week they're like oh my god like you're doing this and then they love you and it just ebbs and flows but Mm -hmm. that is a good point to say like to hear from you saying like you do get hate yeah to summarize like what do they hate you for I mean I would say that like when I was a lot younger I edited in like a really like fast paced like a kind of you know flashy way and it was kind of like and I thought it was like funny and annoying and that's why I I liked it I was like I think this is just like funny and entertaining and like it's not serious like whatever but some people just found that annoying and were like, why the fuck do people want to watch this? Which I totally get because that's not everybody was going to like the style of editing and my personality. I was a loud kid. I was a, you know, out- outgoing kid and people just thought I was annoying. So that was like one thing. But then also I think a big part of it was just like when you become successful, people just are going to nitpick just about anything. Yeah. And so and I understood that. I was like, I get it. Like I'm. You know, I'm a target and I understand that. And I think some of it might have been from jealousy and some of it just might have been from like people just simply not enjoying me. And like, that's fair, but it doesn't make it not hurt. You know, I can't blame people. I get the culture of the Internet. But it still sucks. 
it does suck you know well it's hard because then you get all these good comments and then you see one and you're like it sticks with you and then it's like wait all these people are actually like telling you how great you are and they love the content then you see one and then you're like my whole day sucks it's always that way yeah you think you can and you might have a good moment where you're like oh this shit doesn't bother me but it always comes back is there anything that made you almost quit (sighs) i will say there has been a lot of times where I've almost quit. So, this is Call Her Daddy. Yes, I have had (laughs) sex, Alex. There's a lot of room to get fucked over when you're being friends with people in your industry, and that's something that I really struggled with. This person's, like, profiting off of me in some way i don't think that they actually care about me and these like youtubers who are maybe more established they i think that they knew that they could kind of push you around push me around a little bit not only on camera but off like you are using me i can tell fuck you if i went and addressed every fucking rumor or every fake blah 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 about me you know i wouldn't that would be actually my full-time job like i just feel so out of control of the public perception of me i remember my ex-boyfriend one of his friends was like dude like she doesn't actually like you like she i don't think she actually likes you like she's i think she likes girls and the psychological damage is quite it is crazy This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. Daddy Gang, nobody likes Mondays. Am I right? (laughs) We're all sobbing. We're all sobbing and we're barely getting out of bed on a Monday. But Monday Hair Care is here to flip the script with its award-winning formulas. No more bad hair days. Daddy gang, Monday Hair Care is turning Mondays into a reason to celebrate good hair, which I love, thank God, with seven new products like a leave-in conditioner, dry shampoo, a curl line, and body wash. And daddy gang, every single thing is under $10. Yes. And the smell is to die for. Okay. I want my hair smelling like something that Matt wants to be engulfed in. I want him to come out to me and go, oh my God, you smell me. Oh my God. <laughs> what is that in your hair? So daddy gang, reclaim the week with Monday at all leading retailers. Visit mondayhaircare.com to find a stockist near you. <laughs> 